following podcast is a Honey Media production. You guys, today I have Miss Chelsea Autumn with me, and we are going to catch you up with her, and you might recognize her from The Millionaire Matchmaker. And it's most recently hitting Netflix, so we are super excited to have you here with us. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Well, I think this really couldn't have been better timing because we're in the middle of a relaunch of The Millionaire Matchmaker, which is crazy. And since we've last seen you, a lot's been going on, which we'll talk about, but I'm going to start from, if you don't mind, I want to get a little bit of background because I'm sure the people are are all going to wonder what I'm wondering. And we purposely did not talk about any of this in advance because I want to, you know, make sure I ask you the real questions that we all have for you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Go at it. <laughs> okay. So how, how did you end up on that show and with Patty Stanger? Oh gosh. Um, so I moved to LA. I found like my roommates and jobs, everything on Craigslist <laughs> back in the day. And so I posted my resume actually on Craigslist and I get a response from Patty saying, how fast do you type? (laughs) And then I click on the website and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like red and black and half naked women. I'm like, what is this, an escort service? I was, you know, very green. She would always say I was so green. (laughs) And so she called me in and then I started as her assistant. It was just her and I for many years. Oh my goodness. So how old were you? I was 24, 23, 24. And where did you move yeah. from? I moved from Illinois to LA, <laughs> to Palms, actually, <laughs> which I cried when I first got there. No offense to anyone who lives in Palms, but I was just expecting like 90210, you know, Beverly Hills. I'm like, where am I? There's a bum across the street from me, like, you know, collecting cans. And I was like, oh, they're fighting. Oh, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I love it because it's like the true California dream that everyone comes here with and then they go to LA and find themselves in various places, <laughs> not to pick on one place. Right, exactly. But sometimes it's not exactly the glitz and glamour that we imagine. So you end up being her assistant and this is before filming starts? Yes, this is before filming and she actually, so she was like, I went to her apartment in Marina Del Rey and she was like, okay, it's $10 an hour. And I'm like, I'll only do 15 <laughs> You know, this was back in the day. So I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> She's like, okay, can you start tomorrow? So then, yeah, it was her and I just out of her little apartment, Marina Del Rey, for a few years. And then we filmed the pilot uh, a couple years later. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. so what year was it that you started with her? Uh, 2003. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Exactly. Oh my God. 20 years ago. Oh my God. Chelsea. Everyone's going to know my age. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. By the way, this is my year of, I've told everybody, this is my year of falling apart and having my midlife crisis because it's the year I'm turning 40. Oh. So welcome to my midlife crisis year. I can help you. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. It's not so bad. I'm 43 now. So. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, any tips you have, we should go over. Yeah. Um, But yes, so it's going to be a new decade for me. So we're aging ourselves together. How's that? Yes. Sounds good. That is wild. 20 years since you started. Okay. Yeah. So you started as her assistant. She's a matchmaker. Yes. And so then how did this all unfold where filming starts? 
Yeah. So, I mean, she was a matchmaker back when, you know, no one was really a matchmaker. It was very like different. And so we filmed the pilot and then I actually quit, (laughs) quit on her three times. I quit and I moved to Chicago and then I started, I think doing some matchmaking there or something. And we started talking again and she's like, can you come back out? Because we're filming the, you know, the actual show now. So I'm like, okay, I had nothing to do. You know, I'm like, sure. Oh my god! So I flew gosh. back out, yeah, and we filmed it. So you were, were you there for the pilot before? Yeah, I was there for the pilot. It was actually just her and me and one of our friends eating sushi in her like little, like little courtyard area, um, and then that, yeah, got picked up. Oh my up. gosh! How did they even? How did that even come to be? How does someone even get involved with the pilot? Um, I think she had tried for a while and just, it was like maybe just the right timing and she definitely has the personality that, you know, people like to watch. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like launched a lot of reality TV. I mean, this was like, I think even before the Kardashians or the same time. Yeah. I mean, this was like old, old Bravo. Yeah. And this (laughs) was really red, 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 red hot. Yeah. I remember watching that show and I haven't watched it in a long time, but I look forward to watching it again, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I just, I loved that show. It was so good. And she just is so, such a strong personality is yeah. so was her personality different on TV or was it what you see is what you get with her? Uh, what you see is what you get. You know, I had so much time with her. I think like it was such a process. Like when I first started, you know, she screamed at me the first day and I like go home crying and I'm just like, Oh my God, like I was so scared. And then, you know, I, one day I just snapped on her and I was like you can't talk to me like that anymore and I was like shut the f up you know and then she was scared and then after that I just loved her so it was like a process you know I just kind of got used to it um I don't know if that's healthy or not but it definitely thickened my skin a lot yeah well I think it's a great lesson too in terms of learning how to find your voice and set boundaries and that applies to it can be in a marriage in a relationship in a work environment I think when you're really young and impressionable and you're you know, really trying to please other people because you don't have real experience at that point. Right. It's hard to find your boundaries and then use your voice. And that's an ongoing process as an adult. So I love that experience. That's okay. Great. Yeah. That's amazing. And so how long were you filming for? So I was on the first three seasons. Um, so I don't know how long. It was just a few months each time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they came to your office with a bunch of film crews. What is it like being on yeah. reality TV? Tell the tell yeah. the regular people like <laughs> myself. What is it? What is it like? Well, I, I mean, it's kind of like filming a podcast, I guess, except for you have a little more. You can say a little more now. You know, they don't edit out anything how they want it to be. <laughs> yes, but it was an experience. You know, the first two seasons, I was kind of like, oh my god, what am I doing? Because it's not like something I sought after, really. I mean, I'm glad I was on it, but it was kind of just thrown in my lap in some ways it's just it's wild it's not you know it's not really reality per se you know it's a lot of scripted <laughs> and so there's like a guy or two guys like standing there with cameras just and you're doing your normal job yeah so they come you, know, you have the couple cameramen and then you have um you know the director there and um, they're like okay today these are your two new millionaires <laughs> go <laughs> you know and then I would talk about my millionaire and Destin would talk about his and then Patty would you know do her little spiel and we would watch the videos you know in real life we didn't watch videos like that but it was in our actual office in Marina Del Rey okay so yeah. the videos you did for the show yes so that was, was that the big difference that and yeah I mean 
what I really liked about the job, um, aside from the, the television stuff, is that, you know, I could work from home. You know, we go meet clients at, like, the Four Seasons. Like, you know, go have fun lunches. And it was just kind of, you know, today we're going to do this. Tomorrow we'll do that. It was very different. It was a variety. So it wasn't just going to an office every day. Yeah, that's so nice. I yeah. love that. So these guys were real millionaires. Um, I mean, I don't know about all of that. I mean, the guys that we had in the actual club, Millionaires Club, were real millionaires. I think some of them were. I think some of it was maybe for show or, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. How, how do you even, I, I feel like that would be so awkward. Like, um, hi, can I see your bank account? <laughs> I need to vet you. Yeah. We didn't do that. <laughs> um, but we just charged, I think the back in the day it was like 10 grand or 20 grand for like a year membership, which... When you break that down monthly, it's actually not that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And Just, also, I wonder what that would be today. Yeah. I have to do the math on that. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> I am starting to feel a little... We're so old. Yeah. Sorry, no, sorry. I'm not yeah. trying to bring you down and make you... Yeah. <laughs> oh, girl, I'm already down. I'm, I am down. I am in the dirt. I am rolling around the mud. There, I have no more shame in my game. Um, so, yes. Um, okay. So, that is crazy. So, you yeah. were just a regular old girl from Chicago. Come out to live your LA dream you end up on this reality show and then what happened you probably were launched into fame basically right yeah I mean you know looking back I just I didn't really know how to handle all of it I mean now I have so much knowledge so I probably would have done things a little differently um like what uh I probably would have tried to milk the fame a little bit more and got more like you know sponsorships and things like that um, but I was just, just like, oh my gosh, what is this? I was just happy with like anything. I remember one of the most fun things I did is I, um, got to go into BB on, <laughs> on, you know, Rodeo Drive, I think in Beverly Hills. And like, I just get to pick out anything I wanted and then just check out and didn't have to pay. I was like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like my, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I've, I've arrived a moment. Yeah, Hello, yeah. BB. Right. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I loved BB, so let's just not even, I don't even want to front. Like, I was obsessed. They have great clothes. Yeah. Is it still around? I don't know. I mean, either. Okay. We have to Google. (laughs) Um, If so, BB, do you want to sponsor the podcast? Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you did that for a couple seasons. You got famous before sponsorship deals and all of that. Did you make money on that podcast or on that podcast, on that show? Did you make money? No. No, 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 not really. I don't even know. I think first season was like nothing. I think then maybe like, oh gosh, I don't know. It was, it was pennies. Like, so you were like basically making your $15 an hour at that time. Yes. And you were famous and yeah. that was and commission. That. I would get commission. So I, oh. cause I told her I didn't want to be her assistant anymore. So, <laughs> so I started doing sales. Yes. And I found my first client on Craigslist, actually, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Okay, so you left. Yes. You left because why? Oh, so that is because, so I was, you know, late 20s, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, if I'm not married by the time I'm 30, oh, you know, just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And so I met a guy, and then he was, you know, a nice person, but kind of, con artisty in a little bit of a way and kind of was like you know leave the show you know you're doing all the work you do this you do that and I, I was so impressionable I don't know and so I did I left um and then started my own company with him um which I would never do again but <laughs> learning experience 
and then did that for a while. Um, yeah. Was it matchmaking or was it something else? Yeah, I did matchmaking. Um, uh, so that was like, you know, pretty easy for me. It was, it was actually great. Um, I made a decent living off of it. And then just in this dysfunctional relationship, um, so I went back to school, got my master's in clinical psychology from Pepperdine, and that's kind of what I've been doing since. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Okay. So I want to ask you, since you have this background of matchmaking, mm-hmm. I want to speak to my ladies out there that cannot find a good man's, whether yeah. they are younger or not young and they just never, you know, found anyone to begin with. So like looking for a first marriage or from the lens of somebody that got divorced and they're trying to get back into the dating game. What tips, where do we find him? That's yeah. the question. Where do we find him? It's hard. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, um, the biggest lesson is to kind of just do stuff that you love, get out there and become friends with people. We put so much, you know, he has to be this, that, you know, all these things. And and it's just too much and no one can fit into that box. Um, so I think start doing things that you really love, get out of your comfort zone, try new things and, you know, ask friends, you know, um, just be friends with someone before you kind of really like, you know, have sex with them or settle down because um, then you kind of it takes the edge off a little and you get to know them in a different way and they're not going to be exactly what you wanted, but it'll be better. Yeah. I love that advice. I agree. And I remember when I was looking for my match, so to speak, and I remember someone saying like, you're not going to find them in your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's hard. It's hard to like get yourself out of those ruts and those routines, especially if you're more introverted Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're in a routine that doesn't, it kind of prohibits you from getting out and about as much. Like if you're busy with, you know, a demanding job or whatever the case may be. And this goes for men and women, obviously. Um, Brian and I were actually set up. I always say we were set up through the Jewish mother network. Yeah. And basically it what that's what it was. It was them finding Brian and saying, wait, we have a nice Jewish girl, Yeah, you know, and they set us up and that's great. yeah. And so I guess to that end, I do think there's something very powerful about being set up with friends. Mm-hmm. I just feel like people are hesitant to set up friends because I think they feel like if it doesn't work out, it's on them. Yeah. But I think... I don't know. I think if you ask your friends, hey, look for me, does your husband have anyone great? Yeah. I think that's really important. And I don't think women are doing that. Yeah. And I think we get hung up on things. Like we have to get out of our ego and just, it's like, you're not being forced to marry them on the first date. Like, you know, like just go and meet them for a coffee, for lunch, whatever, go on a hike. It doesn't matter. Just see if you like connect, like it doesn't have to be like so rigid, right? you know, cause they'll get mad. Oh, well he was this or, you know, he wasn't exactly what I wanted. How could they have thought that of me and done that, you know, and yeah. they take it personally. And it's not really that personal. It feels like very stuck energy to me. And what I mean by that is, you know, building up a single date. It's like, it's a numbers game. Like right. you've got to be out and about. Like if I was looking, I would be In fact, there was someone on my podcast that is an amazing photographer. Mm. And she told me when she decided to, I think she was in her 50s, when she decided she wanted to go out and date again, because she had been a single mom and an entrepreneur, very successful. And she finally was at the point where she was ready, really ready again. And she said, 
I would date like five days a week. She's like, I loved it. I completely committed to it. I was interested in meeting new people. And like, she didn't have this narrative of like, it's hard. I can't find anyone. No one's good enough. And I think it's very easy to get down when you've been in your mind trying so hard. Um, What advice do you have for someone that say has been trying and they're just unsuccessful? Like, do you believe in matchmakers? What if they had a bad experience with a matchmaker or Hinge or any of these dating apps? Like what's your overall advice for someone that's just really struggling right now to find someone? I would say it's kind of like when a couple is trying to have a baby, right? They try and try and try and they get so frustrated and it's not here. It's not here. Why is it not here? And then like what? They stop like six months to a year later and then they're like not focusing so much on like, where is it? Where is it? And then it happens sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? There's so many stories like that, you know, and I think it's the same. It's like when you keep focusing on it's not happening. It's not happening. That's what the kind of the universe is giving you. It's that energy. So I think kind of just like, let it go. It's okay. If you don't meet someone right now, you know, like the right person will come along in some way and just try to like, let go of that energy because people can sense it. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. And I think it's defeating, but you have to just continuously keep your head up. And I also think that reminding yourself that you are good enough on your own. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you should be dating if you're looking for someone to complete you or to validate you. And I think women that are looking tend to get stuck in that idea of like, I need a man. Well, if you need a man, you probably shouldn't, you shouldn't be looking for a man because that tells me that you're not actually whole on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you don't deserve a partnership if you're ready for that. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I, I always said like, it's very important for me to be a whole person on my own because mm-hmm. I never want to need a man. I want to want a man that adds to my life, but I don't right. want to need him. Like, And that goes for emotionally, financially, and just like overall. I think yeah. being a whole person on your own before you find your perfect match is one of the most important things to attract the best guy or girl out there. Right. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And and also kind of just like, I know it's hard, but like cherishing those moments of being single because when you do have, you know, someone, <laughs> you kind of want a little free time every now and then. And I love my partner, but it's the same with having a baby. It's like, you kind of want some free time every now and then. So um, doesn't mean you don't love them. By the way, my <laughs> podcast title, Motherhood Interrupted. Hello. Yeah, I, right? I, I hear you. Yes, yeah. I do. Loud and clear. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. Like, well, so let's talk about that for a moment. What has been going on with you in the most recent you know, year or so? Are you single? Are you married? You just said you had a partner. Yeah. Um, what yeah. else is going on? Yeah, so I do. I'm in a relationship um, and I had a baby almost six months ago oh my goodness yeah yeah at 43 it can happen that is insane (laughs) no I had him at 42 but still that is amazing so you were dating can you tell us what happened with you and your partner how did you find him and how did you end up with your baby and all that stuff I mean you know we know how you ended up with your baby but you know what I'm saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's magically the the what is it called the The, stork drops the the baby right (laughs) yeah um so we met um I guess a couple years ago now and and um, I became friends with him. You know, he was someone different that, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have maybe. It's not that I would have gone out with him. I would have, but just totally different than what I was used to. Um, just a very kind, kind soul. Um, very calm, you know, but also fun and just a really great guy. Um, 
and I ended up getting, we met through like friends and I did like a spiritual healing on his house and, um, yeah, it was really Wait, cool. what does that mean? You, you um, have to tell us what you're talking about. So, okay. So I'm really Retreat. into spirituality and like feng shui and all that. So, um, he hired me to kind of do that to his house. So I went in and kind of, you know, I used Palo Santo and Sage and kind of just did a lot of energy clearing and told him like where things should be feng shui wise and, and then we just, we kind of started dating after that. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. you mentioned something about having sex when you think it's appropriate. Yeah. So can you explain, I have my own point of view on this, but I'd love to hear yours. Uh, so, you know, I'm really into like energy and, you know, when you are with someone and you do sleep with them you know, you're taking on their energy. So you can be taking on their parasites, not to get all gross and everything, but you could take on their, you know, dark energy, maybe their light, but it's, I don't believe in sleeping around a lot just because of that, because, um, it can kind of affect your, you know, you know, energetic field, right. Which goes out, um, six feet. Um, so I think it's okay to sleep with someone whenever you feel comfortable, um, you know, if it is right away, okay, so be it, like just own it. Um, but for me, I like to wait a little bit so I can really get to know them as a person. Um, and it takes me to warm up a little. So that's just my own personal. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never heard of having sex with somebody put in that way around this exchange of energy and taking it on. And I think that's really poignant. I think that's really, that's like the best way I feel like I've ever heard it. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) It's important because we are spiritual beings, right? In a, in a body and you can feel it. Like, you know, if say if the energy is really bad in the room, you walk in, you can feel that. So, you know, just really be mindful of who, you know, friend wise too, but especially when you sleep with them, because that's, you know, you're merging your body. Yeah. Yes. I totally, I completely agree with that. For me, I kind of think of it more in the sense of protecting yourself from in general, I think protecting your energy is so important. And when you're dating, it takes time for you to unpack who this person is and get comfortable and see if you really can trust them on a deeper level. And I just feel like that takes time. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for somebody more seriously, I don't know why you would put yourself in a situation where you feel Mm -hmm. maybe pressured to sleep with them. And I can understand too, like there's women out there that think, well, he's already taken me on, you know, four or five dinners. And so it's time. I don't believe in that either. And I think if a man is pressuring you at that point, you need to set your boundary and just let them know that, look, I'm not ready. Yes, I'm into you. Yes, I like you. I am. But for me, I'm still getting to know you and I can't rush that. So, because I think, you know, on the flip side, a man might get insecure and feel like, well, what if I'm being used? I'm taking her on all these dinners and like, I don't even, she's not even sleeping with me right? and all of that, which is a somewhat valid, you know, narrative in a way. Yeah, in a way. But I think if you can set a boundary, but also let them know like, no, I am interested in you. I just, I can't rush this. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And it's like teaching women. I think it is our job, you know, it really is a woman's job, I believe, to stand up for herself in some ways, right? And teach that man because we are more evolved in some ways, you know, so we are their teachers. Um, and I think, I mean, men are great too, I'm saying, but like, it's just, we operate a little differently. Our brains do are just, we just do energetically. And, 
you know, you can go back to ancient times and women are supposed to teach men in a lot of ways. And I think it's so important, like you said, to say that to a man, right? Or say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I really like you, but if we're going to sleep together, especially without protection or something, uh, I need to see, <laughs> go to the go to the doctor. I need to see a list, right? Of, you know, if you have anything, excuse me. Yeah, right? I, I did that with Brian. <laughs> I did that too. You did? Oh Good job. Yeah. Way to go. But yeah. it's, you know, I would have never probably done that at, 24 right no, of course not so it's like these younger girls do it yeah <laughs> men will actually they might be like oh god this girl you know but they'll respect you more in the end oh way more I always say that Brian sees me as like a queen because of the way I treated you are. <laughs> oh thank you no that, sorry that was not a, a cheap fishing for compliments <laughs> no I know but I feel like I had had so many other relations not so many by the way but I didn't conduct myself properly in yeah. previous relationships being young in your 20s like you're saying right. and with Brian I think I was much better at setting a boundary because I think I got serious serious about want the truth is I was able to set a boundary easier because I was sick of being heartbroken yeah. so it came from it didn't come from a place of like really strategy other than my big strategy was like I just don't want to be with a guy that's going to make me cry every day anymore like yeah. I can't have my heart broken anymore I need to protect myself and um so that's really where that came from and mm-hmm. I think setting that boundary did make him exactly what you just said it did make him recognize like oh okay she's into me so she's not using me but she respects herself enough to set a boundary and I think it made him like respect me more yeah yeah it does you know, but, you know, it's kind of like a, a little kid. Like at first, they're going to kind of be like, oh, man, you know, depending on the guy, right? <laughs> and, but then he'll be like, oh, wow, okay, I did this, and it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's worth the wait, you know? Maybe, maybe that means she really cares about herself, too. That's what it is. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. It's a little bit of grumbling, but if it's the right guy, they do ultimately come around and say, okay, yeah, I get this. Like, yeah. yeah. And I also think if you're not into a guy, don't use him for dinners and things like that yeah I mean that's just not it either. that's silly and then I mean if the guy is just shelling out like gifts and stuff like that and then nothing's happening that's honestly on him a little bit you know like have he should have some self-respect too I agree right well and I think that if a guy gets you a gift and they try and hang it over your head yeah. that's a red flag for me that's right. a total turnoff because it's a total move of control Totally. And I also think that's super important. It's important for you to be able to stand in your own power and recognize that if you really want that necklace or you really want that, whatever it is, like you should be able to go buy it on your own. Right. That's my thing. Like it's very important that you can be self-sufficient. Right. At least initially. I mean, I think it's different when you get married and you have kids and if you decide to stay home or whatever, there's different, that's a different thing. But up front, I think you know, not having to need a guy to get you gifts and stuff. Cause that's mm-hmm. just not, it's just, you're attracting the wrong energy mm-hmm. and all of that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So back to you. So <laughs> you meet this guy, what's your yeah. guys, what's yeah. your partner's name? His name's Darren. Okay. Darren. Yes. And mm-hmm. what does Darren do? Um, he does, um, kind of like marketing, uh, producing, um, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And so you were dating for how long and what happened when you started dating? Um, we were not dating for very long, probably a couple months. <laughs> and then I got pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. And you yeah. were 41. Yeah. Yeah. Was I 41? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at that time, were you, what was that like for you? Finding out you're pregnant with someone that you're dating for a couple months? Um, it was like shocking. Um, <laughs> before that though, I mean, we got, a, we, we get along really well. Um, 
And we were like looking for rings and stuff like that, even though it was a few months because um, we're older, you know, and I'm, I'm not just like dating just to date around. And but then getting pregnant and like first trimester, like we weren't living together. And, you know, I my emotions. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I think I broke up with him. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I ever want to be with anyone. And my body was just going through it, you know. Oh, um, yes. I was I was happy, but it did take a while to set in. Yeah. So I was like, okay, oh, wow, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, and I think that just the regular experience, even if you're already married and you've already been dating someone, like Brian and I had been dating for like three and a half, four years before I we were married and pregnant. Yeah. And I feel like just the hormones of it all, yeah. it like it really does mess with you. And yes. like, I can't even tell you how many women are like, is it normal that I hate my husband? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. They're like, I look at him and I cannot stand yeah. him. Like, I can't stand when he coughs. I can't stand his breathing. Yeah. Like, I mean. It happens. It happens. And yeah. it's so hormonal. It's right. crazy. And that's what was, I think, really hard because, you know, we're getting to know each other and we got along so well. And then you throw all the hormones in the mix. <laughs> Right. And it's like, oh, a whirlwind. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend that same situation or not same situation, but very yeah. similar. And we were literally having that same discussion. Yeah. And then you have the whole like, you know, all the things that happen in pregnancy and postpartum, which, you know, yeah. as we all know, are it's it's a journey. OK, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. You know, mm. you can be even something silly like, OK, I'm breaking out, mm. you know, and I'm I don't feel pretty anymore. Yeah. And just all the things that happen with pregnancy. I can't imagine being in a newer relationship and going through those feelings of insecurity. in addition to like still trying to get to know your partner and how how did you guys navigate that it was hard it was really hard um you know second trimester was a little easier I ended up moving in with him um and then uh just third was really really hard (laughs) I got so big I gained like 70 pounds oh my gosh and yeah and I mean I've never I've always kind of been like athletic fit kind of like so that was really hard for me. Like, oh yeah, you know, it was hard to walk. Like, my just I had, um, you know, hired a midwife and like a doula, and that's a whole, I don't know, mess in some ways. But um, I ended up getting like some preeclampsia symptoms, so I had to go to the hospital, anyways, um, and have him be induced. Um, but it was just a lot of weight, and just I think you know, just not knowing too. you know, just being my first time being a little older, like just a new relationship. Like I just was kind of like all over the place. <laughs> so before you met Darren, or were you yeah. thinking you wanted kids or were you like, I could take it or leave it? I, I mean, I was never one of those women that was like envisioning my wedding and my kids. I just, it wasn't me. Like I've always been very independent. Um, and I love my freedom. So I think I was like, I love working with kids though. I've worked at a lot of um, adolescent like places and I love, you know, I have a lot of clients that are teens. Like I like working with kids. Um, But I was kind of just like, you know, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, no worries. Like I kind of let it go. And I'm like, maybe I'll be a stepmom. Like I was open to anything. 
Um, so the fact that it came so kind of like suddenly, I was sort of like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So tell us about your baby. What's your baby's um, name? His name is Ocean. He's so cute. He's so cute. Yes. Thank goodness. Yes. Because after all we go through, they have to be adorable. I know. That was another fear. I was like, what if my baby's not cute? Oh. Your baby's uh, adorable. I saw yeah. him when he was what, like three Mm-mm. weeks old or something? I'm like, yeah, I think it was like a month. Oh my gosh. He was young. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I need to see him again. He's so cute. (laughs) So what was something that you can, what do you think has been one of the harder things that you didn't expect from motherhood besides everything? (laughs) I know. I mean, I had some postpartum for sure. Just like the roller coaster of moods, Um, you know, not having I mean, I have, you know, my partner to help me, but, you know, he works too. And I'm a, you know, stay at home mom right now. Um, So I just, you know, it's just a lot, you know, like just having them there all the time. You know, I love my son. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, you know, I would like to get a part-time nanny just every now and then just to help out with some stuff. So we can go on date night and just kind of like I can feel, you know, just like myself a hundred percent and I have to say so I stayed home for one year so the first two I was traveling and we had a live-in nanny and I was gone five days a week so I was very much a part-time mom and I was perfectly happy with that (laughs) the last one with baby London we couldn't get pregnant there was IVF involved it was a whole journey I have a lot of other podcasts where I talk about that for anyone listening that wants to hear more about that journey um but I was like you know what I feel like I missed it in a way and I don't want to have missed it. So I stayed home with her for a year and Mm -hmm. here's what I learned. Yeah. Tell me, give me tips. Really? (laughs) Well, first of all, anything I know about being a good mom comes from people around me that have helped me. So number one is asking for help is a huge change for someone that's so independent, probably probably like yourself, like myself, like my sister. Um, that is a huge hard lesson learned. So yes, I think that the idea of truly asking for help is very hard. Yeah, and it takes time. Yeah, especially if you don't have family around, right. then it's paying for help. Yeah, which is tough. So I would say that yeah, it was just really sobering to realize how hard stay-at-home moms work. Yeah, I mean, when I I had a moment in my kitchen. And I was looking around and I had both both grandmothers with me. Mm-hmm. I had our cleaning lady mm-hmm. and myself. And I just looked around. We are all sprinting around the house. We're cooking. We're cleaning. We're tending to at least one child. Yeah. And I'm like, having kids is literally like a six-man job. Because yeah. every single one of us here, there's four of us. And there's still more to be done. Yeah. And I just sat back and I'm like, how can one person be expected to run a home, keep it clean, and take care of the child. Yeah. Plus, you know, try and carve out some time for your own sanity, which we all know you have zero time to exercise. You have zero time to right. work out. You're barely sleeping. By the way, are you sleeping? Yeah, it's better now. Um, and he's actually been a pretty decent sleeper, but yeah, I get a decent amount. Okay, yeah. that's good. Because that's like the big one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that was hard in the beginning more, but it's yeah, like almost six months now, so it's yeah, a better. But he'll Thankfully. get up. Yeah, I'll go to bed probably like seven, sometimes earlier, and then get up maybe like sometimes four, you know, and want to like you know have a bottle and then go back to bed for like an hour, but sometimes like six, yeah, seven. Oh. Not bad. But... No, not bad at all. Yeah. Well, and the it's something I didn't fully understand is 
the bigger the babies get, the more they can drink, mm-hmm. and then they can sleep better. Right. And that's okay. really big. I mean, my babies were all average size. How old yeah. or how much did baby Ocean weigh? Oh, uh, when he was born? Mm-hmm. He was seven and a half pounds. Okay. That's yeah. what mine were, like yeah, kind of okay. average. Yeah. But some of these babies, like the bigger ones, yeah. and I didn't really understand this. We had a night nurse, right? Uh-huh. And... I was so mad because I remember one of our friends, like they didn't have any help. They didn't have a night nurse or anything. Yeah. And it's a fortune. Let's be real. Right. So I remember their baby was like two weeks younger than London. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she's sleeping great. And I was so pissed. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I'm so mad. Like I'm still getting up with this child. And then I realized, wait, that baby is like way heavier. And that was the key was that when London caught up to Mm -hmm. that weight, I think it's like 12 pounds plus and I think just the bigger, the bigger, the better kind of thing. But, um, yeah. And then no one prepares you for, you know, you're in diapers. You you are in diapers walking around. Like, how can you feel sexy? I can't imagine doing that with someone that you're still in a new relationship with. You just moved in with. Right. No one tells you. That's the thing. It's like I had, you know, no offense to every, you know, all my sisters, anyone that has kids, but like they don't, they never told me all this stuff. They're not like, oh, after you have a, you know baby then you're gonna get have your period for like you know six weeks six weeks and you're gonna be in diapers and you're you know still gonna be looking pregnant for a while your vagina is <laughs> gonna be swollen yeah and you're gonna cry and be like what is what happened and is this gonna ever go back by yeah. the way it does go back <laughs> just hot tip for anyone that's wondering your body does but, amazing things uh, it does but it is really you know a journey it's like being going through war yeah. it really is mm-hmm. it feels like you literally i always say and pardon i'm about to swear so you know warning if anyone has this in the car on in the car well we already said other things but <laughs> nonetheless probably don't have your kids around yeah. um but yeah nobody nobody really warns you yeah. but like I forgot what I was going to say about the swearing thing. I know. I got all on a swear word. What was the swear word of it? What was I going to say? Fuck, I forgot. Well, there you go. There you go. Boom. Good job. (laughs) I forget what I was going to say. But um, no, I think just the whole thing is completely traumatic. You feel like, oh, that's what I was going to say. You feel like you're going through a war. And I always say every single baby, I don't care if it's baby number one, two, baby five, seven, whatever it is, every baby hazes the shit out of you. Yeah. That's what they do. They keep you up. They let you know who's in charge. I always say I have three bosses now, right? Right. Carter, Charlotte, and baby London. So yeah, it's just crazy. And I also say women always get paid in reverse. I always say we get the diamond. This is traditionally. Now, in your case, you probably played it smart. This is is a negotiating tool for you Uh, with uh Darren. Sorry, Darren. Um, (laughs) But I always say we get paid in reverse because we get a diamond up front if you get married. And then you put in all the hard work. Right. That's why you need to always have an upgrade. Yeah. But in your case, now you can hang that over Darren's head. Yeah. 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 I do. Yeah. He has no no shot. (laughs) He's going to hate me. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So this this is really insightful. And I really want to know, and I'm sure everyone else wants to know, obviously you're in the throes of new motherhood and we're so happy for you, by the way, congratulations. Um, Are you planning a wedding? I mean, Uh, you have to formally get engaged. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, if we do have one, I think it'll be nice. I'll probably just do something small, like on the beach or something. You know, I don't need, um, I don't need a lot of people there. I don't need. No. Yeah. I don't. I did actually, um, it was nice for my baby shower. I had a lot of like friends come from other, you know, states and fly in. It was like really nice. So That is so nice. Um, yeah. I don't think I would do anything crazy, but. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a good policy. Yeah. I was going to, 
I was trying to convince Brian to do something like that. I just feel like, you know, a wedding is so stressful. It's so stressful and it's like so expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't you want to buy a house? Do you yeah. want to, like you know, there's so many, especially yeah, when you have a baby. It just seems like a lot of, yeah. It's just a lot it's a of a lot. of money, but yeah. not a waste, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from the matchmaker, I think that's very validating too for people to hear. Like you don't have to have the big fancy wedding. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just putting, we put just society so much on that, you know, and there's just, it's fine if you want to celebrate that, you know, and you can, um, but there's so many other things to celebrate too. Yeah. I agree know? with you. Okay, so now that you're six months postpartum, which you are still very much in the thick of it, yes. what is next for you career-wise? Because I know you're very driven, and I know you're home enjoying yes. and you know grasping motherhood, which is a ride. Yeah. What do you see as your next step career-wise? Uh, well, I, you know, I have a couple, like a few private clients now that I still do see, but it's been mainly like you know FaceTime and stuff like that. But I would like to continue uh, seeing clients, doing like therapy. And then also before I actually got pregnant, (laughs) I was starting my own podcast too. Um, So then, yeah, but now the podcast room is the baby room. (laughs) So Oh, that happened to me too. (laughs) Really? Yes. Yes, ma'am. So, so, um, but I would like to, I'm going to start doing my own like podcast too about relationships and you know, just everything. That <laughs> is so exciting. exciting. Soon, I feel like that's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, we cannot wait for that. We all need help with relationship advice. Anything you've got, we're excited about it. And mm. so, when is that going to launch? In the next couple months, I would say. You know, when just Ocean gets a little bit older, uh, but I definitely miss <laughs> kind of this. This is nice. You know, yeah. kind of like oh, I went and got a coffee by myself. You have a hot coffee. <laughs> You're thriving. Yeah, you got you right? got lipstick on and a I hot know. coffee, girl. You are thriving. Right. This is a win. I'm like woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, you haven't had to change a diaper in right. like what? It's been 45 minutes. Yeah, I know. yeah. you're you're crushing it today, Chelsea. <laughs> Oh God, it's true that those are real wins. It's very sad. Right? I've taken to waking up at an ungodly hour again to really? just well, because I need a, a hot cup of coffee, girl. I know. You know right? what I mean? Some time to yourself. And just like a minute before I, and this is something that you know I I tell people like I think it's so important for us to have yeah. time to even if it's five or ten minutes to take care of ourselves just for a few minutes before we're sprinting to like pour all of our energy into other people. Yeah. And look, those other people need us and it's, yeah. you know, an honor to get to serve those people. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I am not going to start serving other people until I fill myself up. Yeah. So that's been like my new chapter the last couple of weeks. What time do you get up? Okay. So <laughs> look, I know Chris Jenner likes to wake up at like four in the morning, but <laughs> as a mom that yeah. has young kids, like yeah. anytime I hear, four yeah like something with a four that's the middle of the night so in my mind 5 a.m and later is like early morning anything before 5 a.m is the middle of the night and that like gives me ptsd from having too many children and nursing all night long so we're done with that so for me i don't like to get up too too early because i just it's just all too extreme so what i try and do is get up around between like 5 30 and maybe six at the way latest yeah and then We've just been going on morning runs, but the first thing I do is, besides like getting up, go to the bathroom, drink water, all that stuff, is have a hot cup of coffee waiting for me. And I have to say, just an automated machine that you fill up the night before and have it programmed so it's all ready, it's like, oh, the best. 
<laughs> I love having a hot cup of coffee. It's a massive, you know, mom size. Nice. Like no, you know, no, it's mama three size. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cups get bigger and bigger yeah. as you have more children. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been a huge game changer. And I feel like it's the fact that I get to do that because London's finally sleeping in enough and all yeah. of that. Like you're still in where he could get up at four in the morning and all of that. And yeah. it just depends. It could be a hit or miss kind of night. So for you, you're not like rushing to get up yet. Like you, you need your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken <laughs> me, I mean, London's almost two. Yeah. So, and Carter's it's, eight almost. So yeah. it's been a, a minute until I got to this point. So yeah. if anyone just had a baby, don't feel like you have to be at that point. But you know, when the time's right, you'll know. And it is a game changer to get to like, remember about myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you just feel better, you know? I know, you know, everyone can't do it, you know? And it's hard to have some time to yourself, especially in the beginning, but. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> and I don't think you can rush it at the beginning. I think yeah. you just have to go. And for me, it's, it's like a good, like one year, 18 months. That's when you really start to get back into more of yourself. And it yeah. takes a while. Yeah. It really does. It does take a while. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any tips for new moms in terms of just surviving it or um, trying to manage your mental health? I know that for you it was a struggle, and I know that that's very common, yeah. which is great to you know highlight and remind people that if you're struggling postpartum, that's absolutely normal and okay. Yeah. Yeah, very normal. Um, but I think you know if you can talk to someone, talk to someone. Just having a good support system. You know, uh, I don't know. Just just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and try to not be hard on yourself. That's what I think, you know? too. Because I think we're so hard on ourselves. Like, I know for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, when am I going to lose, like, the baby weight, this and that, you know? And, you know, it just takes time. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like, myself. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like eight years postpartum, I'm now just finally starting to remember and, like, really get it back into a workout routine. I mean, it's been yeah. that long where it's just, you know – you know, you try your best throughout the whole time, go on right. walks with the baby and all that, but it takes time mm-hmm. and don't rush it, right? And yeah. um, so what if somebody is postpartum and struggling, would they be able to work with you? Yeah, definitely. I think I have a lot more, um, obviously, you know, my own experience and I, I get it now. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've been through it because I think you know, it's hard to like for, for guys cause they don't know sometimes, you know, and they don't go out and talk to like their friends usually like, Oh wait, how's your wife doing? Like, you know, like they, you know, unfortunately, I don't know, like women have to kind of spark that sometimes, but I kept telling Darren, I'm like, talk to your guy friends, talk to them. Like what were their experiences like? Cause you know, like we just started dating and he didn't know, like, this is, this is hormonal. Like I'm not, I have not always been like this, you know, was, was your chick crazy? Cause mine sure is. Right. Like, and then like, yeah, and they all say yes. And they all were like, Oh yeah, my wife, oh my, for a year she, it was messed up. And you know, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. So it's, it is very normal, you know? So I think just well, normalizing it. Yeah. And people are not Instagramming those looks, are yeah, they? No, no, those looks. Right. TikToking all about how you hate your partner sometimes. Not all the time and not every pregnancy yeah. and not every moment, but you know, the truth is you're yeah. on a ride. Yep. So that's the truth. Yeah. So and then what other type of therapy if people wanted to work with you, what other types of like subject matter do you like to counsel in? Yeah, I mean, I'm really good at relationships just because of all the matchmaking and um, stuff like that. So like codependency, relationships, some addiction stuff. I don't You know, I'll go into some of it as long as they're not still in the addiction, just getting to the root of it. But, and I'm a very relational like therapist too. So I'm just, 
you know, I'm not going to just sit there and stare at you. And mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, like it's good to have some of that, but I'll talk to you if they, you know, want that interaction. Yeah, I yeah. always, I was watching Car- Kyle Richards yeah. interact with her therapist on one of the Real Housewives oh. episodes recently. Ooh, I'll have to watch it, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, being a therapist to sit there and have to like listen to someone and then how do you know when to actually give like advice? I would be like trying to give so much advice <laughs> yeah. and then they'd probably wouldn't listen and then I'd come back the next week and be like, okay, you're frustrating me. You're not helping. I get so <laughs> frustrated. Yes. I think- how, how do you not get frustrated with people? Well, that's the biggest thing. So I think when I worked at some addiction places where the people had to be there, you know, and didn't want to work on themselves as much, that was a little more frustrating at times because they didn't want to. But even then, like, I take myself out of it, right? So it's not about me. It's not about me trying to fix them. You know, it's about me trying to just kind of be there for them in this moment and have that awkward silence if the silence needs to be there, kind of just... You know, give them advice if I really think it's going to benefit them and they're going to want it. Or like tell them a little bit about my struggles only if that's going to benefit them. And I think, you know, a good therapist can really only take you as far as they went themselves. Mm. So research your therapist, you know, like ask them questions. Like it's just as much, you know, your you know, job in some ways to, you know, find out who's a best fit for you. That is so crazy. I, yeah, that seems like such a hard job to me, like yeah. taking on other people's energy, but well, that's where you have to kind of not take it on. So I think, yeah. so if you don't do enough work on yourselves, you know, like then you are going to be overwhelmed. But if you can learn to kind of like still care about them, but shut it off and, you know, have those boundaries mm-hmm. um, energetically, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. I yeah, my sister's a doctor and I'm and my best friend's a nurse. Yeah. And one of my friends is a therapist and I'm just like, I could never give any more than I'm giving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> bless you angels right. out there. I mean, literally society needs you so badly, yeah. but I'm just like, Oh, thank God I didn't take that path just because yeah. I feel like I'm already so depleted. But yeah. I love that you're able to like recognize like setting that boundary for self preservation. Yeah. I love that. It's so interesting. Well, yeah. I think that would be very powerful for people out there women or couples that need help, which I feel like we all do, by the way, need help in our relationships or postpartum or whatever, you know, kind of stage you're in. So that's great to know that you're doing that. And I'm so excited for your podcast. And okay, so one more question about the show. So you just said that Millionaire Matchmaker is coming back onto Netflix. It's back on. Yeah. So how did you find out about that? Did they, did someone tell you, do you get paid? Like what's the behind the scenes? Does Patty text you? Are you, are you friends with Patty still? No. Oh (laughs) yeah. I know. I can't believe it. It's been so long. Like, I mean, should we text Patty? What if we FaceTimed her? Would she answer? (laughs) If we called Patty Stanger right now. You should. I wonder if she would. We should. (laughs) I think I still have her number. Would she have like, do not answer on your on your like phone number or are you on good terms or you're not give I us mean, the scoop Chelsea. well it wasn't on good terms when I left so I'm not gonna like you know sugarcoat anything uh, it, she's a hard person to leave <laughs> um you know I love Patty I have nothing against Patty you know I, I didn't leave because of Patty's personality you know I did that's not why I left I left because I just basically just jumped into another dysfunctional (laughs) relationship. You know, I went from her, which was business dysfunctional, and God bless her, right, to, uh, you know, a 
partnership, whatever. Um, I love that my... self-awareness. Yeah. Gosh. So, you just, both about like seven, eight years. You just like so, therapized yourself. Yes. And that's, I just made that, I did. that up. But so learned a lot. But, you know, um, yeah. Now, I mean, it's like I've grown so much. I have nothing, nothing against Patty. I, I actually, you know, we had she was like my Jewish mother. You know, I remember I I got I have a, one little tattoo, you know, on mine. She's like, you can't be married in Jewish cemetery now. And I'm like. I'm not even Jewish, Patty, but I don't care. You know, like my first boyfriend was Jewish. So she's always like, I want you to, you know, <laughs> but she was like that mother to me, you know? And so, you know, it was, it was a loss, you know, but, um, no, I have nothing against Patty. So she didn't her. send you a text like, Hey, we're back on Netflix or how oh, did you find no, out? Did no. someone just tell you? No. So it was funny. I was actually on my phone and like, I, you know, clicked on Netflix and then, um, I'm like scrolling through and it says, you know, shows you might like or shows for you and I'm like oh my god millionaire matchmaker and then I literally just like scrolled over it you know and then it starts showing the video so then it was like a video of like me right in the beginning you know because I'm on every episode of the third season you know <laughs> it's like oh my god this is so funny seeing yourself like because I had such a hard time looking at myself back you know well yeah you know? thank god that yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't thank god I'm not famous and people don't look at me except for like my filtered Instagram whatever <laughs> right know. like nowadays it's so different but yeah so um, you didn't no one notified you or asked no. your permission oh no no uh-uh. I can't I so you yeah. don't get any rights to that at all no oh my god that's why I love um Bethany you know how she was talking about that yes. like, I think it's so important because you know we're young I mean no offense young I was young and dumb <laughs> I mean if I had said I need this and that, would they probably have been like, Chelsea, well, whatever, we'll just get someone else. Probably. <laughs> right. So I'm glad I still did it. But I think there should be some sort of rights or something because they are still using it. You yeah. Know? So can you, for people that don't know what we're talking about, can you recap yeah. what is the thing that Bethany's doing in this space? I think what she's doing is um, standing up for people in reality. You know, I think... I don't remember who was the girl's name, but like some show. She was like, had a. Raquel Levis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Rachel Ra- Levis from yeah. Vanderpump Rules. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. Um, so she was standing up for her and just talking about how, it, you know, it's important for us to have, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know how you would say that. <laughs> have some rights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really get fully educated on what she was, you yeah. know, doing, but I think at a high level for those of you that don't, that don't know what we're referring to yeah. Bethany Frankel I think started to go up against Bravo and other yeah we could call networks. her you know I used to I have her number in my phone oh we can I, yeah well, why was she she would be like your, who are you no you're your Rolodex she's part of your well, I don't know about that but. was she part of your matchmaking or how do you I, know I her neither I can neither confirm <laughs> or deny okay sorry okay but I confidentiality. Do. <laughs> we don't want to breach it but yeah but okay. I do um yeah. Well, a long, long time ago. So ba- basically, I think what she's doing is she's realizing now that she's kind of on the other side of her, you know, she's, you know, capitalized successfully yes. on being a TV star. Right. And I think now, from my understanding, she's kind of looking back and saying, hey, some of these networks are not really giving us the talent, the, the rights and right. the respect. And I think, you know, some of it has to do with alcohol and I don't know exactly what she's doing. So don't, you know, you guys go research right, it on exactly. your own. I don't yeah. want to misstate what she's doing, but it, it does feel like what you're saying is something around like advocating for the talent. Yes. Whether it's financial, whether it's 
just, I don't know, there's more to it, but yeah. nonetheless, I think a lot of the stars are, they were sort of like behind her initially. And then it seems like it died off. Like yeah. they might be afraid Probably. to support the cause. And that's why, wow, I really like her. Like, I mean, I've never really She's ballsy. known her that, I don't know her that well at all, really, but just from like TV and stuff here and there. But yeah, I think it's really great. What she, the approach that she's doing is just going against the grain and standing up for people that maybe can't do for that for themselves. Yeah, so, absolutely. I I so it. you were one of those people that, you know, you could have probably benefited from yeah. some like legal counsel perhaps or <laughs> yeah. knowledge when you're in your 20s. And yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. But anyway, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what yes. is the best way? Uh, they can go to my website, chelseaautumn.com. Or go to my Instagram, Chelsea Autumn Love. <laughs> it's pretty much it right now. <laughs> I think it's such a cool time for you to come on the podcast when you yeah. just had your baby, you're mm-hmm. launching your podcast, you're mm-hmm. doing therapy. Thank you so much for coming on. This is so awesome. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.